What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show where we talk weekly about different financial topics, particularly focused on retirement planning. But today's topic is going to be about ladybird deeds. Have you heard of these? A lot of people in Florida have very popular here, and it's a show that I've been wanting to do for years, and I finally got a chance to do it. And when I say got a chance to do it, I mean, I wanted to get someone with experience and info and expertise about these types of things, ladybird deeds, and how they can be used to transfer your home to the next generation. And who am I going to bring on to that? There he is, Steve Nino. Thanks for joining us again. We've been talking about enhanced planning topics. And I mentioned to you that ladybird deeds is a very, very popular topic to my clients. I thought, well, why not we do a show on it? And you agreed. Yep. Yep. That sounds great. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. You're one of the few people that I know that can get as excited as I am to talk about ladybird deeds. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. So the listeners are in for a treat and the viewers. Um, Steve, why don't you just start us off by explaining what is a ladybird deed? Okay. A ladybird deed is actually a legal form of ownership, and it's a way of transferring property basically without the probate process. So it bypasses any property that is in title of the lady bird deed will stay out of the probate process and pass directly to the remainder beneficiaries listed in the, in the deed document. So we did a show, we've done several shows. I'll put the show up here for the viewers on YouTube to watch. It was talking about how titling assets is a great way to avoid a lot of headaches, expense, keep it private, by just naming people as a beneficiary. And so this is a way to do that by naming someone on a deed. And I say it's popular in Florida because it's not available in every state. I looked it up recently just to give you an idea. I didn't, there was about five or six states that ladybird deeds are valid. Florida being one one of them, Texas, Michigan. So if you're watching this and you're, and you're wondering, Hey, is this available in my state? Take a look and, 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 and make sure you look it up because not doesn't apply everywhere, but um, also known as enhanced life estate deeds. So what is that? What's an enhanced life estate deed? That's a real good question. And one that's important to know um, and the answer to an enhanced life estate is different from a typical life estate. When I, if you set up a life estate for someone, Generally, what that means is the grantor, the person who established that, can live on the land or live in the house, whatever's in that life estate. They can use it while they're alive, but they are subject to making sure it's still there so that the remainder people, the beneficiaries, can then take over and have that. Uh, A life estate uh, really requires if I set up a life estate and I'm living in my house, I put the house in there, 
and then I want to sell the house, I have to check with the beneficiaries first. Okay. Whereas an enhanced life estate allows the grantor, in my case, my example, me, to sell, you know, mortgage, move, uh, do whatever I want with that house without the beneficiaries, the remainder beneficiaries reigning in on that. So it is true control over whatever you put in an enhanced life estate deed. And also it is pretty much synonymous with lady bird deed. So the terms can be mixed and, and kind of interchanged. Lady bird deed is an enhanced life estate. So a life estate, you would lose some control, but an enhanced life estate, you still maintain some control. Correct. Correct. And there's only a few states that allow enhanced life estate deeds or ladybird deeds. And Florida is one of them. Excellent. So I mentioned the key benefit of using a life, uh, a ladybird deed is to avoid probate because correct me if I'm wrong. If I name someone on the deed, ladybird deed, and I pass away and let's say originally it was my wife and I, and we both pass away um, we named each other, but I'm now single or a widow, widower, and now I have a ladybird deed and I name my three children. If I pass away, that does not go through the probate process, even though um, they, my will or my, my other assets are given away differently. Um, a deed is a contract type of um of legal document that we talked about in that show? That's right. That's right, Dan. You nailed it. In our previous show, we talked about the different types of ownership and contract, meaning it has a beneficiary listed. So that will bypass the probate process. At that time, we talked about things like life insurance, annuities, and IRAs with a beneficiary designation on it. Well, think of it this way. The Lady Bird deed has a beneficiary on it. So in essence, it's almost like a contract. But I think the big distinguishing feature is that life, that enhanced life estate, which allows the person who puts the house or whatever it is into this ladybird deed, they can still sell it and, and do whatever they want with it without being subject to uh, approval by the remainder beneficiaries, the people inheriting after they're gone. Now, if I have a bank account and I have transfer on death or payable on death, that is bypasses probate because it's a name beneficiary. How is that different than just having a, a TOD transfer on death on a house? Can you, on a deed, is that, is this the same thing? Um, Dan, that's a real good question. TOD is the same thing, really, in essence. The problem is Florida and a few states do not allow transfer on death arrangements as we see them in many other states. And so that's where the genesis or the beginning of these lady bird deeds came into existence. They basically are a, you know, a type of deed with a transfer on death embedded inside of them. So you don't get TOD in Florida, but you can get a lady bird deed or a enhanced life estate. Excellent. So those watching may not be in Florida say, oh, I'll just do a transfer on death with my deed and, and, and that's going to work. But in Florida or certain other states, 
not so fast, you need to right. do it in this procedure. And it may be functioning the same way, just different uh, procedures, as it were. Um, quick question, though, and this is what I get a lot on. Steve, why wouldn't I just add my child to the deed while I'm alive so that it's this, it, I don't even have to worry about a ladybird deed? They're, they're on it. So it's a joint with rights of survivorship. What's the harm in doing it that way? Well, generally, when you set up a, a joint ownership arrangement with a child during your lifetime, you're going to have some gifting um, scenarios. I mean, if let's just say I have a piece of property that's worth $100,000, and then I set up a joint account at the titling office with my son, well, my son now owns 50%, so we have to take $50,000 and record that as a gift that's half of the 100000 that it is. And there's some gifting. There's also some losing control over it. Um, if he gets in trouble or something, their creditors can come after his share of that. Which would be uh, half of your house if your son got in a car accident. Precisely. He's half on the deed and there's equity yeah. there? Precisely. Okay. So this is a word of warning to people. Hey, don't go down the path of of just putting your son or daughter on the deed while you're alive to avoid this. Why not just do a ladybird deed? It's much cleaner and you might have multiple children. So wouldn't it be better to put multiple children on a ladybird deed versus just one of them on the deed. Now um, you don't lose control. And Correct. that's a key part of ladybird deed. If I recall is you still live there, still your house, still your property, you maintain ownership and rights it's not until you die that the ladybird deed actually takes effect. Exactly. And I think there's an important point in that uh, that may, maybe we should uncover is that um, because of that control and because you have all those, that life, that enhanced life estate, you as grant or a person living on the property have are subject to creditors and things like that. That money or whatever it is, house or property that's inside the Ladybird deed can be accessed by creditors. There's really no asset protection feature to it. However, for the remainder, they are typically uh, not going to have any problem with creditors and things like that because technically they don't take ownership until the grantor passes away, until they die. Excellent. So you maintain control, which means you're still liable for everything that goes with it. But by eliminating the putting them on the deed while you're alive and just using a ladybird deed, it only goes to them when you pass away. So they don't have any rights or ability to do anything or creditor any linkage to them until you pass away, which is a good way to keep control. Right. And then pass it on. It's just basically you're naming a beneficiary on your house in Florida using a ladybird deed. Right. Um, one point I want to make that's specific to ladybird deeds, which um, I don't know if this is for all enhanced life estates is in, in Florida, we have a homestead exemption for taxes and legal issues. And also if someone's trying to uh, qualify for government aid in the form of state Medicaid, um, they their assets are looked at. Um, there's a five year look back period and such um, that those don't apply in Florida with a ladybird deed, meaning you could still have your tax exemption and your Medicaid credit uh, qualification with a ladybird deed because you actually haven't um, given it to anybody yet. Technically, 
That's right. And Dan, there's another element to that whole thing that is a little bit positive from a Medicaid planning purposes is that because the Ladybird deed does bypass the probate process, it doesn't end up being determined by a court as to where it should go. That can be uh, sometimes keep it away from the counting towards Medicaid, you know, the what your assets and what your income is, because it's not part of the probate estate where they typically look. So it can it can be a win win. It can be a win during your lifetime by maintaining the homestead exemption in Florida. And it can be a win when it passes to your remainder beneficiaries outside of the probate process and keeps it out of that a view, so to speak. So to summarize on the benefits, you just mentioned that Medicaid estate recovery is one. So it doesn't go through probate. So it wouldn't go through Medicaid estate recovery if, Precisely. you know, hey, you spent a lot and now we're going to claw back some assets. Precisely. Um, avoids probate. That was the first one I said. Taxes. You touched upon this. So if you give the property while you're alive to someone, there may be some gift, uh, that's gifting, right? Mm -hmm. So that may be some estate taxes as well. How does a Lady Bird deed uh, deal with the taxation? Well, when you name, as opposed to making a gift, and then, uh, you know, let's just be a, give a simple example. Dan, what if I had that $100,000 piece of property and I made a gift? I said, you can have half of it, Dan. Well, then you've just inherited, you've gotten $50,000 from me. So I would have to record that at year end. I'd either have to write that down on my uh, form, my tax forms to say I'm applying this against my lifetime gifting, or I would pay taxes on uh, gift taxes on the 50,000, which I wouldn't like to do. So there's just that it's more of an administrative thing to be cognizant of is that if you, uh, uh, you know, give money, give, give assets or split assets during your lifetime with other people, there is gift consequences. And then not to mention the uh, loss of control and the concern over creditors and things like that. If you, you and I, cause I know Dan, you're a troublemaker. And if I gave you half of that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, also, you know, your, your children may be in a situation when they don't want that or you may have significant assets and you don't want to do that at this point. You want to That's wait. Right. Um, but That's yeah. Right. Um, but it brings up another point. And on here, I say expensive legal trust creation. What about a living trust versus a ladybird deed? You and know, I, I, I yeah, here? yeah I, I, I oftentimes just say, if it's just the house you're concerned about, then um, ladybird deed works fine. Um, if, you have more complexity if there's other assets, other things in your, maybe you have a boat, maybe you have a shore house, a beach house, um, then you might want to talk about a living trust. Living trust is going to be a little more expensive to set up. Ladybird deeds, I think, go for around 350 for the whole kit and caboodle, um, whereas a living trust can be in the thousands or more. So uh, kind of you know, it goes up with the complexity, whether or not you're going to need a living trust. And if you have a living trust, we said, and we did a show on trusts. I'll put that up here. Do you need a living trust? Do I need a trust? What are they? What are they good for? And if you have one, you got to remember the key thing is don't forget to put your assets in it. So you could have a trust for and not put your house in it. And just because you forget, 
But if you want, you can not have a trust and have the house go into the ladybird deed scenario where um, you don't necessarily need a trust. You don't necessarily even need a lawyer to have a ladybird deed. You do need to file it with the county, with the local state government. You can't just name it and put it in your drawer. It's got to be registered somewhere. Um, so that's a mistake that people might make. Um, but in general, though, if you just said, if if all you have is your IRA with a named beneficiary, you have a banking account with a transfer on death, you have a home with a ladybird deed, and maybe some other assets, maybe your car, do you really need to get a trust? And is a ladybird deed a really powerful way for those that don't have a lot to avoid having complicated legal issues in an expense in in an inexpensive way? You know, Dan, I think I'd say yes to what you just described. And here are a couple of things that people should be aware of. There are some administrative things. It's not just going to magically happen if I say I'm going to create a ladybird deed. First of all, in the actual execution or the creation of a ladybird deed, you need two witnesses and you need a notary. So, uh, you could do this. You could get a form offline. I'm sure there's plenty of sites that have a lady de- a ladybird deed form. However, if you're one like me who likes to dot their I's and cross their T's and make sure that it's absolutely being done in the right way, I think the 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 money you spend for a law firm to help you out and make sure it's done correctly is well worth it. And just to answer questions while you're going through the process. Cause exactly. it's, it's, it's probably your biggest asset dollar for dollar. Exactly. So exactly. you wanted to do it correctly. And this might be a good way to avoid expensive trust creation, but it doesn't mean you had to avoid talking to a lawyer to help you with it at all. Right. One thing I want to talk about, which is a potential issue. I want to get your take on it. This is something that I've identified when I was thinking about it in my situation, because I have three older brothers. Um, if my father um, puts the house in a ladybird deed in Florida and he lists us all equally, um, multiple beneficiaries, which he could do with a, a you can name multiple beneficiaries. Um, that is different than if he had a, a, a trust and named one trustee to make the decisions, picked one of the four sons to make the decisions with a ladybird deed and he names us equally now. We have a decision to make when my father passes away and there's four of us deciding what to do with this house. Is that an issue? You know, it all depends on the family, Dan. You're right. That That's something you probably want to nip at the bud and avoid that concern. So if that is a concern and you have many beneficiaries in a family, well, then you might want to be as clear as possible. And that's probably by using a trust, a living trust or a revocable trust, you can actually spell out that, you know, the kids are to sell the house and split the house proceeds or one child gets the house, the other child gets other assets to equalize. So there's ways with trusts that you can create harmony uh, as opposed to you're right with a ladybird trust, uh, you leave it to them and there's really no, um, 
delineation or spelling out of how that's going to be split up or distributed. You, you hit on that word every, every show you say the word harmony, cause you know, it's a biggie. Um, if you have three children or say two children, one of them, which is living with you, taking care of you and you ladybird deed 50, 50, um, you're going to force those children to make a decision as to, Hey, I'm living here. I want to stay here. But if the other daughter says, uh, no, uh, we're selling that. I need the cash. That's going to be a fight could be avoided with an, tr- with a trust living trust might be a better way. So I, I, I agree. I think that's a good point. Let's conclude here. Um, very simplistic. I mean, it's one document. It's mm-hmm. inexpensive. You know, it, you could do it yourself or you can hire a lawyer to just kind of oversee it a couple hundred bucks. Um, and it's, could pass your biggest asset, your home, onto the next generation very clearly and without any drama. Right. Um, but it doesn't have, it does have some flaws. It's not available in all states. So make sure you double check to make sure this is even something relevant for you. But it's worth considering. And I am, I think more and more people, at least with my clients who ask about it, now I'm going to send them here to watch this show. I think it might be a really powerful way to help people out, particularly where it's valid in the states that it's valid. Correct. Any final thoughts on Ladybird Deeds? Do you know where it, where it got its name? How about that? That's an interesting. I you know up, I, so. I you did go for it, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I because I thought I didn't know how to spell it. Was it Lady B Y R D? Whatever. It uh, turns out some lawyer I forget his name in I think in Florida was doing um, educational seminars or content on the concept of this enhanced life estate and he was using Lyndon Johnson and his wife Lady Bird as the example and the name just stuck. Sure. So that's now that could be folklore. I don't have the the you know the truth on that, but I think that's what it is. That's good. That's good. I yeah I hadn't I hadn't really dug on to that one, but uh, I'm glad you did. So what do you think, Steve? This is Lady Bird Thumbs up on using it or absolutely one of yeah. these, you know, do yourself ideas that we should stay away from. No, I think this one's a pretty darn good. It's because Florida doesn't have the transfer on death, which most of the states are using. So basically you're using the next best thing, if not better, the enhanced life estate or ladybird deed. And so, yeah, I, I like it. Steve, as always, thank you for your time. This is an excellent show. We'll have more on new topics. Listeners, if you want to talk about a legal question that is burning you, give us a call. We'll maybe incorporate it and get Steve's opinion. So thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week. The topics on this show are wide-ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. 
The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.